Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Everybody, you are now tuned into the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. JR, which camera am I in? It don't matter which one. Okay, that's cool. All right, we're gonna leave that in. Uh, what's up, everybody? You are now listening to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Listen, if it is your first time listening to this podcast, what I need you to do is I want you to screenshot whether you're listening to the YouTube or on the audio platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Screenshot that and put that in your story. Let me know it's your first time tuning in because I want to show you some love. I want to let you know that I truly do appreciate you tuning in, y'all. My name is Dr. Shonda. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, and my goal, my passion, my purpose is for to you to walk in wholeness, to walk in a space of wellness. And that means that we have to address ourselves from a, a physical angle, a spiritual angle, a mental, emotional level, and how all those areas can impact us in various domains of our life. That is my goal for today. So I hope that you tune in for the entirety of this podcast because I can guarantee you that it is going to bless you. All right, y'all. So y'all know how we start. We typically get started with our shout outs. This week's shout out goes to none other than Reggie Moore. I've seen Reggie's name a couple of times before. So he's an avid Paging Dr. Shonda listener. So uh, Reggie, this one is for you. Reggie left a comment on the YouTube when I had my girl Jen Trotter on. And he said, I think I've watched this episode like two or three times. LOL. This was a great episode and shared it with others. I appreciate you, Reggie. I remember seeing these two on the He Said, She Said podcast. So that means Reggie been around for a minute. He remembers when Jen and myself had a podcast together along with other hosts. They had, they would really talk about how they felt in the spirit and out of the spirit and things that they were not accepting. Listen, Reggie, I really do appreciate you tuning into the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. If you want to be featured on the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, all you have to do is leave a review, whether it is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, rate the podcast, all those different avenues. I will make sure that I give you a shout out so that you can be featured in our next episode. If you want to be inside of the PDC community, the Paging Dr. Shonda community, what I need you to do this, I want you to take your phone out right now, like this very second. I want you to text podcast to 21000. That's podcast to 21000. 
There I will be able to see all the text messages. If you have a question that you want to send in, if you have a, a, a suggestion for a show topic, I can basically text you right back. So it's literally like you have my number. I don't have an assistant or anybody who's checking those messages. That's literally all me. So if you hear back from me, that is me. And I would like for you to join my podcast because the uh, community, because I have some things coming up. I want y'all to start registering for the wait list for the Paging Dr. Shonda VIP community. That is where you will have access to our Sunday services, where I will be talking specifically about mental health in the news. And um, not mental health in the news, that's the hot off the press segment, where I'll be talking about mental health and faith. So mental health and faith is my passion. And so I want to give y'all bonus episodes every week. So on Sundays, I will be releasing the Sunday services with Dr. Shonda, and that will be only available to those who are on my wait list for the PDC VIP community. So I want y'all to sign up like today, like not tomorrow, not next week, today. All right, y'all. So I want to go straight into the Hot Off The Press segment. The Hot Off The Press segment is where we talk about mental health in the news. For the past month or so, uh, we've really been experiencing some significant things, and uh, especially in the nation as it relates to Ukraine uh, over the past few years, as it relates to COVID-19, uh, all these things impacts us on a mental health level. I feel like a lot of people have been experiencing things uh, socially because we haven't been out in the in social environments with other people. People are nervous about interacting with people and going back to work. People are nervous about their children going back into school settings and, and it impacts us on an anxiety-based level. All those different things really uh, cause it, caused a mental health crisis in America. And a part of our mental health in the news segment, the hot off the press segment, I want to identify some of the things that uh, our nation, some of the approaches that our nation is taking in order to help alleviate uh, some of the things that we are experiencing as it relates to the nation. So more recently, uh, President Joe Biden had talked about some of his efforts in order to uh, help to alleviate some of these mental health issues that we are experiencing as a nation. He released his new mental health plan that a lot of people have faith in if Congress acts on it. So President Joe Biden is offering over $700 million in resources in order to help with this mental health crisis. Those specific funds are going to be allocated toward helping people to uh, be able to get free mental health resources. It'll also help individuals like myself and my colleagues who have been able to obtain their mental health degrees but who want to be able to pay back their loans, right? It takes a pretty penny to be able to get a postgraduate degree in those mental health related subjects. Therefore, President Biden is saying, look, I want to help with this. We need more mental health professionals. We especially need more mental health professionals who are culturally competent, more mental health professionals of color and black mental health professionals. Therefore, he's allocating funds in order to help with paying back student loans and also being able to uh, help with scholarships and things of that nature. So if you are a student and you're listening to this, you need to look into things like the Minority Fellowship Program, right? So if you apply to that, there are funds out there to help uh, help you get through your mental health degrees and things of that nature. He also talks about how he wants to help with the substance abuse crisis. So that specifically entails helping people, nations, communities to be able to de develop programming in order to help other people uh, to progress in their mental wellness journey as it relates to substance abuse. So I thought this was a great 
hot off the press segment because this directly impacts all of us because if you're listening to this podcast that means you have a special interest in mental health and wanting to learn about it and also it helps us to know that there are resources that are going to be out there that are going to be helpful for us in our mental health journey again if congress acts on it so we have to make sure we are putting the pressure on congress we we are doing what we need to do in order to make sure that this mental health crisis plan goes into effect because it impacts myself it impacts my colleagues it impacts you you and you and everybody else who's watching and listening to this podcast because mental health is important. It's all around us. So I want y'all to do that. Make sure we put in the pressure on the people so that they can know we need this health plan. All right. Without further ado, we want to jump straight into the topic. Are y'all ready? Because y'all know this this is the portion. This is the, the meat of the podcast. This is why I do what I do. We are talking about the paradox of strength today. The paradox of strength. So the reason why I felt as though this topic was so important is because especially in the black community, as it relates to how we see ourselves, how we perceive one another and how we present in our worlds and our society, when we show up at work, when we show up in our families, it's like we're constantly putting on this mask or constantly having this uh, perception of ourselves of always being strong, being the strong black woman, being the strong black man. I would argue that the myth of the strong black person is a myth. Period. Like point blank periods. No other way around it. Being a strong black person is a myth. There is no possible way that individual of any sort can be strong 100% of the time. Now, granted, are we resilient people? Absolutely. You can't experience uh, centuries of slavery, centuries of being uh, oppressed in a nation and still uh, continue to to achieve and still continue to be able to uh, provide for families and things of that nature if we're not resilient. So, yes, nobody's arguing that black people aren't resilient. I'm just arguing the fact that this idea of strength in our community is a paradox. It's a it's a paradoxical phenomenon that we need to dismantle because this idea of strength in our communities has been keeping us subjected to uh, just feeling like we're weak and feeling as though we can't ask for help in so many different areas of our lives. I can guarantee you, if you are listening to this podcast and you've identified as that strong black man or I'm a strong black woman in one area of your life or another, Nine times out of 10, that whole philosophy has probably kept you from being able to be vulnerable with people. It's probably kept you from being able to ask for help. It's probably kept you from being able to let your family know that you're you're struggling or to 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 want to reach out to a therapist or or this person or that person who can help you. Why? Because the paradox of the strong black person has kept us suffering and silence. Now, many of you might be asking, well, you know, Dr. Reynolds, I am strong, Dr. Shonda. I I do. I'm able to do all these things. I'm able to to juggle all these things in my life. That might be. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. True. But are you able to do it in a healthy way? Are you emotionally well right now while you're also trying to stay strong 100% of the time? Has being strong all the time impacted you on emotional vulnerability level? Sometimes we don't realize how constantly having to show up as the strong person, whether it's in our families or in our workplaces, that keeps us from being able to be vulnerable with people who we need to be vulnerable vulnerable with. 
such as our children. And then we wonder why some of our kids might feel like their parents are emotionally unavailable or my parents don't hug me, my parents don't show emotion. Is it because we've embodied this idea of always having to be strong? You know, I always say, just because it's normalized in our community doesn't mean that it's healthy, doesn't mean that it's adapted. Just because strength has been normalized in our community doesn't mean that it is healthy for us emotionally, mentally, cognitively. So real quick, in the few minutes that I have left, I'm going to talk to you about how this paradox of strength has impacted us on various levels. Are y'all ready? All right, let's get into it. Get your pens and papers out if you need to. So we're going straight into the topic. The image of the strong black person. Number one, how does it impact us? Well, this isn't a notion that we developed, right? This is an image that was developed for us and not by us. When we think about the idea of being strong, when we think about the idea of that strong black woman or the strong black man, we have to keep in mind that this is not a notion that was developed within our community. It was developed in society. It was developed by, uh, i.e., white America, especially during the era of the enslaved period, right? And so where we had black people who had to be, uh, individuals of African descent who had to be strong in situations, who had to be, who had to, to uh, dis disregard their emotions, disregard their physical ailments, and continue to work in harsh environments, Therefore, we had to embody those ideas of strength. Because it was developed for us, though, doesn't mean that we have to necessarily internalize it. And for years, we've been internalizing this notion of being strong, like this is something that was created in our community. No, this is something that was created by mainstream America that has been uh, perpetuated in our community, and we began to internalize it. But do I have anybody who's listening to this podcast right here today who will say, no, I'm deciding this today to dismantle this. I no longer have to embody the strong black person characteristics. Number two, the strong black phenomena, the strength of paradox, the paradox of strength impacts us on an emotional level because it masks our emotions for the use of self-protection. We feel like we're protecting ourselves. We feel like, you know, I can protect myself from, from feeling like I'm losing control. I can protect myself from feeling like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm lost or, or lonely or other emotions that are uncomfortable for us. We automatically feel, I'm not feeling that. I'm not hurt by that. I'm strong. I can get through this. Well, how does that impact us? The simple fact that you said I'm strong and I don't have to experience this dehumanizes your overall experience. You're basically invalidating your own emotions by not acknowledging them and saying, I'm strong. I could just thug it out. Gone are the days where we're treating ourselves as less than human by not acknowledging our emotions. Some of you might be asking, okay, what does that have to do with self-protectionism? So, so the idea or the concept, the phenomena of self-protectionism basically suggests that when I am not feeling emotions, I'm protecting myself. I'm allowing myself not to feel it. It gives us this false idea of protecting us from these emotions that we deem as uh, overwhelming. But can I argue that when we 
embody this this role of strength, this paradox of strength and say, I don't have to feel those emotions. I, I can override it. We're basically, it's not self-protection. That's called avoidance. I'm still feeling it. It's still impacting me on several areas of my life. These things are still happening to me, but I'm going to avoid it by saying I'm strong. I don't have to deal with this. If you have a question about how avoidance can impact us, I want you to scroll back in this podcast a few episodes earlier, and I want you to review the episode where we talked about emotional suppression or emotional avoidance and how that impacts us on so many different areas of our lives. All right, number two, I think number three, are y'all ready? Okay, so the idea, the, the paradox of strength, embodying that basically inhibits our ability to seek help. It inhibits our ability to seek help. I, I might have at least 10 people, at least 20 people listening to this podcast right now who might be able to relate to this. Everybody might not be able to relate, but has there ever been a time where you felt like you were feeling, you were experiencing so many different emotions all at once. But because of this idea, because of the phenomena of strength, you basically told yourself, you know what, I, I can't call my mom to, to talk about this. I can't, I can't talk about this with my, my boyfriend or my girlfriend. I can't talk about this with my best friend because they might judge me. They might see me as weak. They might see me as someone who, who doesn't have it all together. But what's the problem with that? First of all, because I will be the first one to tell y'all, I don't have it all together. The more we are able to acknowledge that and accept that, the more we are able to identify with those human aspects of ourselves, as opposed to always feeling the need to have strength, always feeling to ne the need to embody this paradox of strength, this idea of strength that has kept us suffering and silence for years and years and years. So it inhibits our ability and our willingness to seek help. I can't tell y'all how many times I've, I've seen people, uh, whether they're just starting therapy or what have you, and they, they felt as though I couldn't ask for help. I couldn't reach out because I'm always seen as the strong one. I'm the, I'm the strong friend. I'm the strong family member. Because of this idea of strength, this has kept us suffering. And we are unable, a lot of us are unable to reach out and to say, I am hurting I am feeling lonely. I am feeling depressed. I am feeling uh, anxious. I'm feeling worried about the future. So many of us have been avoided to even say these things because of the idea of strength, this paradox. So listen, as we talk about this, I want you to also impact, also realize how the strong black person impacts you from being able to acknowledge your fragile self, to acknowledge your fragile self. I was, have, I was doing a webinar with my homegirl, uh, Dr. Afia Embla Shaka, shout out to the Black Women's Therapy Group. And we were talking about how the strong black woman, uh, this phenomenon, this paradox, has kept us from being able to experience the fragile self. What do we mean by the fragile self? Basically, those aspects, those ideas, those, those parts of us, the emotional experience that we have that allows us to feel emotions that, again, we deem as intense or significant or overwhelming. 
So the fragile self is the, the part of me that, that feels uh, guilty, the part of me that feels lonely, the part of me that feels those emotions that we try to avoid. The fragile self, however, cannot be, uh, th those fragmented pieces of ourselves cannot be healed, it cannot be addressed, it cannot be targeted and, and met with coping strategies if we continue to avoid it. Okay, how am I avoiding it? By putting on that mask of the strong black person. By putting on that mask of always needing to personify strength. These things are things that allow us to, to allow the, the fragile self to remain fragmented. Some of you might be wondering, okay, why haven't I been able to, to target these emotions? Why do these emotions continue to come up? Why do these emotions continue to go unprocessed in my life? Is it because maybe you haven't given yourself permission to identify with, to be able to, to get in touch with that fragile self, those, those fragile pieces of yourself because of this idea of having to always be strong. Just because you've been operating in this way for years in your life does not mean that it's healthy for you. So my goal for you today, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to identify, to, to think about, to assess within yourself, okay, have I allowed this idea, the paradox of strength, to impact me in these domains of my life? Is it causing me to not to be able to, to get in touch with my fragile self? Is it causing me to not... Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Be able to ask for help. Do I embody these characteristics without realizing how it's damaging me from an emotional standpoint? The idea of strength is a paradox. We got to recognize that. We can't heal from it unless we recognize it. All right. So that was my segment for today during the topic. Y'all know if you are, if you felt as though this episode was for you, y'all know I love to hear back from you. So just like Reggie Moore did in the beginning of this podcast, I want you to either write something in the comment section of this YouTube. I want you to share it. I want you to write a review in Apple, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, or wherever else you're listening to this podcast, because I promise you, you're not the only one who felt this, this idea of the paradox of strength and how it's impacted you. 
This is something we got to dismantle, y'all. So share this podcast if it blessed you. We are moving on to the closing segment, which is the Ask Dr. Shonda segment. So this is where you guys send in your questions. You can ask me whatever comes to mind relating to mental health. You could text it to podcast at 21000. That's podcast at 21000. And I will respond to all of your questions during our episode. So someone asked me a very great question, which I often get via email, DM, uh, comments, like all those things. So I felt like it would be great to address it on the podcast. Someone asked me, how do you find Dr. Shonda, a therapist who accepts my insurance? How do I find a therapist that accepts my insurance? Okay. That is an amazing question. I would first encourage you to go to your website, go to your insurance website, and they usually have a directory that you can search behavioral health providers in your area who accepts your insurance, right? You can also call your insurance company. If you call your insurance company, they can run you down a list of different therapists, different um, people who might be able to accept your insurance. uh, And that's just another way. The third way you can find a therapist who accepts your insurance in your area, probably one of the easiest ways is Psychology Today. If you go to psychologytoday.com, You can plug in your zip code. From that zip code, you can filter out, okay, I want a therapist who takes Aetna insurance or Blue Cross Blue Shield. I want this therapist to be black. I want this therapist to be male or female. You can literally like make your uh, search very specific and they will be able to provide you with resources from that angle. Um, And so those are just a few ways. Now, there, if I'm going to address like, okay, how do I find a therapist who's in network? I feel like I got to at least address like the pros and cons to having a therapist that's in network. Number one, if you have a therapist who is in network, who is using insurance, they have to, they, they have to, uh, provide some sort of diagnosis. Like even one of the reasons why I, you know, divested from insurance companies and I don't really work with them too often is because you're literally applying diagnosis to people who might not even meet the full criteria. Right. And so that's one of the reasons why I feel as though I couldn't I can't do that at this point in my career because it just doesn't feel comfortable. Even if this person doesn't meet the full criteria for like anxiety or adjustment disorder, because the insurance companies have to cover it, they require a diagnosis. So just know if you're going through your insurance, there's going to be a diagnosis that comes out of that, whether you fit the criteria or not. Um, Number two. If you go in network, so that does, um, depending on like, I guess your, your records and things of that nature, sometimes it does go on records. Sometimes it does go on permanent records and such. Um, that's why out of network sometimes works best for some people. If you have the financial means for that. And I understand everybody doesn't have the financial means, but it's just important to note that when you go with an out of network therapist, so a therapist who only accepts, um, you know, cash pay or other forms of payment and doesn't go through insurance, you don't have to have a, a diagnosis. They don't have to report your business to these insurance companies. And also, you're more able to find like someone who specializes in those areas that you need help in because um, you know, out-of-network therapists typically who specialize in things, sometimes they don't go through the insurance route. And so it's just good information to have. Um, also, like I said, like 99.9% of my practice, they I'm an out-of-network therapist, so they pay out-of-pocket. However, most of my clients get reimbursed by their insurance companies, even though I don't accept insurance. Okay, how do they do that, Dr. Shonda? I want you to go to your insurance company, ask what your out-of-network coverage is. Some clients have up to 50 to 80% out-of-network coverage. That means that if you pay, let's say my fee is uh, $150. Let's say my fee is $150, and then you would pay that out-of-pocket. My bad, y'all. I'm busy, so my thing thing is going off. 
but you would pay that out of pocket and then you would submit what we call a super bill to your insurance company. Your insurance will give you a percentage back. And then that's just another way to kind of navigate seeing a therapist that's not in network, but also having your insurance covered. Um, so I just felt that was helpful information for us to review. I appreciate y'all every single week tuning into the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast on Wednesdays. Make sure that you check out the audio version on all audio platforms as well as the YouTube version. Send this podcast to somebody you know and love because we are talking about faith, wellness, and black culture, y'all. All right. Have a good day and I will see y'all next Wednesday. <laughs> Bye. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.